Good morning on this Thursday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We had been talking yesterday in the book of Hebrews in chapter 3. We had been talking about Jesus being a faithful son over the house that he was given to build. And Moses was faithful over the house that he was given to build. Moses was over the nation of Israel. God had specifically and purposely called out Adam, made a covenant with him, gave him promises. He was uh, imputed to be uh, righteous before God because he believed he had been called the father of faith, the friend of God, the faithful one. Now, Abraham had his descendants. He had Jacob. He had Isaac. He had uh, uh, the the whole uh, 12 uh, tribes or sons of Jacob that followed followed, uh, after him. And uh, each and every one of these, of course, wound up being a big tribe. They wound up in Egypt. And after being in Egypt for about 400 plus years, the Lord sent Moses to deliver them from there. While in Egypt, they had been in bondage, in slavery. A type of world and Pharaoh, a type of Satan. And their task and affliction, the type of sin of what they had been going through in their lifetime. They had the burdens on their physical bodies. They had the burdens on their souls. They were sick. They were miserable. They were poor. The scripture says when they were brought forth out of Egypt uh, in Psalm 105, that God healed them. Uh, uh, In Psalm 107, he brought them forth blessed. He was going to need them as a special nation for himself, a peculiar people, a peculiar treasure. Moses was sent to instruct and to teach them, giving them the law. God gave him the law. He gave it to and taught it to them. And this was going to be very special that God was going to select out of all the nations of the world, all the people of the world, uh, one particular nation to be very peculiar unto him. In the same manner, we have the parallel of what God has done through Christ in making him the master builder of the house which he has been building. Moses was a servant unto the Lord, and Jesus was a servant unto the Lord, but he was also a son. So we start off in Hebrews in chapter 3, in verse 6, it says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. We are the temple of the Lord. We are where the Holy Spirit dwells in. We have been sealed. The down payment, the deposit has been given by God. That seal proving that the Holy Spirit in our lives is the guarantee of not only eternal life and a new life, but also a new body. So it says, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Now, this is something that Jesus had also mentioned that many people throw in the towel before they get into the end. Some people are like a skyrocket, a bottle rocket. They shoot up and 
they go a certain height, I mean, at super speeds, and then they pop. And then they just fall down to earth in pieces. In other words, uh, all, all their glory was not up until the end. They only go to a certain distance, a certain pinnacle, a certain height, and that is the end of that. But it is those who start the race and also finish it. Paul said, I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. I have fought the good fight. Meaning that he started something, the race. He was in the arena, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, as a not shadow boxer, but as one that really ran the race to win a not corruptible crown, but an incorruptible crown. He was one that, uh, according to Hebrews in chapter uh, 12, uh, a great uh, cloud of witnesses surrounds us. And uh, he was running the race. He kept his eye, according to uh, the book of uh, uh, Philippians in chapter number uh, three. He kept his eyes on the prize, which is Christ, to win him. Well, we are that house that is being built now. The parallel is God had chosen the nation of Israel to give them the law. To show them how sinful uh, sin is. He gave them the system of sacrifices. And showed that blood was required for the redemption of sin. There was no atoning, no atonement apart from blood being shed. But the grotesque, almost like a slaughterhouse of so many innocent, perfect little animals whether it was a small turtle dove for someone that was poor or a bullock. They had to be perfect without spot, without blemish. Or whether it was an innocent little lamb or a goat. All of these animals were slain day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. And then the sacrifice system that was put in place whether it was a whole burnt offering, a sin offering, a trespass offering, a meat offering, a peace offering, all of them required a certain way in which things were done. And the whole burnt offering, the whole animal was literally uh, uh, cut in pieces and everything from the inside to the outside uh, was burned before the Lord. And and it and it showed and it demonstrated the awfulness of the nature of sin. But it also went to show that God had made provision in the midst of man's sinfulness. God demonstrate and demonstrated his mercy. Now all of these were going to be shadows, they were going to be types, they were going to be patterns after which the church of Jesus Christ would follow, just like the nation of Israel followed certain things, uh, how they were outlined for them. Whether it was the special feasts that were given to them, whether it was the five different sacrifices that were given to them, whether it was the statutes or the commandments or the, the testimonies or the ordinances uh, or the law itself, 
Everything had a divine purpose. Everything was very specific. But also, that was after the priesthood of Aaron. It was after the order of natural man. Whereas for Christ, it was after an eternal promise, an eternal oath of the Father that you are a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And if there was going to be a change in the order of the priesthood, then there had to be a change in the law. Or if there was going to be a change in the law, there had to be a change in the priesthood. And that's what we find in the book of Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, roughly almost the entire book covers so much about the high priesthood. It covers about the sacrifices, the demands for blood, and the work that Christ accomplished uh, as a son and as a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Now, the book of Levi, it's specifically in the first uh, seven chapters, it outlines all the sacrifices and how they were required and who was to do them, who was to bring them to show that the gospel in miniature was presented there because when Jesus came, he came preaching repentance. John the Baptist came preaching repentance and the need to have our sins washed away. Now, of course, the blood of animals, bulls and lambs uh, could only cover. And of course, man still retained a consciousness, a full awareness of his sins in his mind from year to year, year to year. But when Christ came with one sacrifice, his own blood, his own body, that blood not only forgives, that blood not only cleanses, but God forgets our sins. He buries them in the depths of the sea, never to bring them back up again. So let's look at Hebrews one more time. It says, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are. Whose house are we if, in other words, we have to, we have to finish the race. We cannot quit. Uh, if we start the, 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 the race uh, uh, slow, continue, but we must finish the course. Now, in Exodus, we have the parallel to what we just said in the New Testament, and we're going to read it also uh, out of the book of First uh, uh, Peter. But it says, it says, now, therefore, if you will obey my voice, indeed, the importance God held more important, they obeying the voice of God than keeping the sacrifices uh, is better to obey than to sacrifice. According to first uh, Samuel, chapter 15, uh, verse 22, 23 and onward. And in the book of Micah. Uh, it also talked about God didn't tell them uh, that they were going to live their entire lifetime just giving sacrifices of blood, but that they were to obey. That was his command, to obey. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my com my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all the people. For all the earth is mine. Verse number six. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. A holy nation. 
These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Now, Peter, this is what he says in 1 Peter in chapter 2, verse 5 and 9. You also are living stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Verse number 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. This is almost word for word what was told to the nation of Israel. It says, you are a holy nation, a peculiar people. You should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We have been called to do something. We are a peculiar people. In Ephesians, in chapter 2, in verse 11, it talks about at one point in our lives, we were not part of this, but God made us part of this through Christ Jesus. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. That's the, those are the only two options. Who are called the uncircumcision by that which is the, called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. We had absolutely no right to that. And strangers from the covenants of promise, all the things that God had promised them. Having no hope and without God in this world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were, at, were, at, uh, were far off at some time are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of two one new man, so that both Jews and Gentiles now are partakers of what Christ has done for us. Verse 16, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, there's the work of the cross, having slain the enmity that was thereby. And uh, we have access to God now. We both, the Jews and the Gentiles, have access to God by one spirit unto the Father, and we are now no more strangers and foreigners, but we're fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. What a wonderful thing to consider. We are a peculiar people unto him. I call it the apple of his eye, the little man. Consider that food for thought and for the imagine. We are the reflection that he sees in his own eye. The Lord richly bless you. Amen.